In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay, when I hear the words self-love, I want to throw up in my mouth a little because, you know, I'm thinking of some Brene Brown quote needle pointed onto a pillow or a bunch of people in a drum circle chanting, I'm worthy. I know, cynical New Yorker. But today we're taking self-love out of the woo and putting it directly into the real world of improving your physical, psychological, and spiritual well-being. Stay tuned as I discuss how it's different from self-care, narcissism, and even self-compassion, and my top five tips for getting it right. I'm Dr. Abby Medcalf, and I'm a practicing psychologist, number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 35 years of experience helping people just like you. Join me as I teach you actionable tips and strategies to create connection, joy, and ease in all your relationships. So let's get to it. Well, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. (sighs) There's just been so much. You know, I took August off mostly from the podcast. I had gotten everything pre-recorded and was ready and really had some time off. And I was thinking of the new season and a lot of you wrote in, (laughs) a lot of people wrote in asking questions about self-love. And I had done an episode on it back in 236, which of course I'll link to in the show notes and on my relationship tips and tools, the blog post, the corresponding page on the website. So I'll link to that, or you can look it up on any, you know, wherever you're listening um, to this podcast, you can just search by that term self-love and you'll find the other one episode again, 236. But what happened was people had a lot of questions. I thought that was the five ways to cultivate self-love. And I am going to give you more tips today, but different ones than I gave last time. So I think the two of these together are a knockout punch. Like I think I'm very proud of them together because I think I'm covering every base. 
because people had questions about self. I still don't understand the difference between self-compassion and self-love and, you know, other things like that. And I'll tell you, my, my bestie um, was telling me that her therapist had talked to her about, one of my besties, I should say, uh, was talking to her about self-love versus self-compassion. And anyway, all of that came together and I thought, I have to talk about it today and, um, you know, get clear, get really clear for everybody and really why it's so important and all the things. So again, you can listen to the old episode coming through today. And I want to say one other thing before we get started in that, um, you know, there's, uh, this last year has been a little crazy because I have, or I guess I still have long COVID. And, uh, so I had a lot of plans last year around this time. I was announcing things like I was going to do a membership in January and my book was coming out, the boundaries book that's finally coming out now. There was a lot of stuff and, you know, I, I, couldn't do it. And I just want to kind of say that out loud that I, I had to put my health first and really healing and really getting well. Um, and so I have, and I did, and I do feel good, but I don't have the energy I used to have back in the day. I'm also getting old, you know, Hey, uh, so I, you know, I tried like YouTube lives this summer and I really like doing them, but I have to say even that I thought I realized it's too much. You know, I, <laughs> I do talk to my therapist to get help and it just was too much to add with how much I do every week. You know, I have my weekly love letter. If you're not signed up for that, you really want to be because it's, it's kind of awesome. I, it's probably what I'm even most proud of, even prouder than the podcast. It's just weekly inspiration. I don't send you a hundred emails. It's once a week. It's meant to inspire. That's it. It's a little short kind of story, thoughts, whatever, meant to inspire you. So uh, you can sign up on the website under, it says love letter right on the top, right on one of the tabs. Um, you can sign up there. And if you don't like it, unsubscribe. There's lots of people on there. I'm not going to notice if you unsubscribe, I promise. <laughs> There's thousands and thousands of people on there. So don't worry. But uh, people really like it. So talk about some self-love. You could be reading the love letter every week. How is that not self-love? All right. So let's get to it. Let's Let's do it. What is self-love? And again, some of this I covered a little bit in the last, in that other episode I mentioned, but I'm really doing things. I, I made sure I read through that and, and making sure that this episode is different. You know, it's really different with new information. So obviously what self-love is, is I might say a few words that were the same because it is, but in general, I'm talking about different stuff. So when you hear self-love, you know, when I hear that term again, I'm thinking of someone carrying around a rose quartz crystal amulet and uh, an affirmation book, right? And and hey, you might also be thinking of masturbation. I see you snickering, people. I see you right now, self-love. Okay, I see you. It's all right. I have to admit being, you know, I've thought of it too. And <laughs> I've gone to both these places many times when um, people have talked about self-love and again, especially when they talk about the difference between self-love and self-compassion. So, and I really want to get clear on all of it. All right. So according to the American Psychological Association, self-love is having regard for your own well-being and contentment. So we're talking here about treating yourself, you know, the same way you would treat other people you love. The Brain and Behavior Research Foundation, and I love this one, defines self-love as any action that supports your physical, psychological, and spiritual growth. So I real I'd like you 
I'm going to give you my own definition in a second, but I would really like you to always think of it that way. And right there, you can tell how it's different than self-compassion. It's a different thing, but I'm going to get into more detail in a minute. So it's any action that supports your physical, psychological, and spiritual growth. Okay. I define self-love as a connection to your inner being. Uh, That means being connected... Being connected to your inner being means you're aligned with what I call source, the universe, your higher self, God, nature. I don't care what you like to call it, but it means really that you're focused sort of inwards, not outwards. And I don't mean that, again, in a selfish way, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but it's really a place of peace and inner knowing. It's when we're in that kind of full alignment where where we're... um, able to self-love. We're we're practicing self-love. We're gentle. We're kind. Most of all, we're patient with ourselves. Okay. That that's how I see it. So let me talk about the differences. And I think it's easier to define when we talk about the differences. Because it's easy to confuse self-love with a few other things. Most commonly I would say one thing people confuse self-love with is narcissism, which makes me a little crazy. excuse me, because they couldn't be more different. Narcissism is about self-interest and self-absorption. It's fear-based. It involves comparing yourself to others, uh, trying to undermine or beat down other people. And and it's all in an effort to make yourself feel superior. It's it's really focused on other people and everything they're doing and, you know, trying to manage others and their emotions and their actions to make myself feel better if I'm a narcissist, right? But on the other hand, so self-love is love-based, not fear-based. It's a positive, not a negative trait. And it's about authentic appreciation of yourself. There are no comparisons to others It's inwardly focused on self-awareness and growth, right? It's not outwardly focused on what everybody else is doing. It is inwardly focused. And I don't mean that, again, in a selfish way. I mean that you're looking through your own lens first instead of worrying what everyone else is thinking, instead of being codependent or toxic with other people. You are really self-aware and looking at your how you present in this situation. Narcissism is always associated with poor mental health, and self-love is associated just the opposite, with stable, good mental health. Because self-love comes from confidence, and narcissistic behavior, although it looks confident, actually comes from low self-esteem and low confidence. And again, I've done an entire episode on narcissism. Uh, I will link to that again in the show notes, or again, you can always search. You can always search by keyword on my website or on any of the platforms. You know, if you put in narcissism, Abby Metcalf, it'll come up. Um, so I want to say that, but it, it it's it's so vastly different. And if you listen to the episode of narcissism, you'll see why. And I will tell you this, the research shows that self-love has a positive impact on your well-being and your relationships, whereas the research on narcissism shows it has the opposite effect. It has it does not have a good effect on your well-being or your relationships, okay? So it it's vastly different from narcissism. Self-compassion is the obvious other one, right? So and again, these two at least are closely related. Self-love and self-compassion are closely linked. But they're also different. And you develop self-love by getting to know and understand yourself. That's really at the core of it. It really starts with self-awareness. 
Whereas self-compassion is the act of being gentle with yourself sort of after you've made those discoveries. So here I am in self-love. I'm really on the search to get to know myself and who I am and why I do what I do. And in that process, I might find out that, oh my gosh, I'm, a, I'm, you know, for me, I found out how controlling I was. Believe it or not, there was a time when I didn't realize I was a controlling, crazy person. Um, I know, shocking, because I am such a one. But I, I, it was a blind spot. I did not realize. I thought I was easygoing. I didn't care what others did. I thought I was the opposite. But no. So, uh, and when you find that stuff out, it's like, first of all, I remember being embarrassed. Like, I was thinking, oh, my God. You know, I really had this aha moment about it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I've been talking to people for all these years in this way. I feel like an idiot. Like, like that I didn't know. I'm sure there was some shame there. Ugh. That's where you need to have self, or I needed to have self-compassion that, you know, I was doing the best of the tools I had back in the day when I didn't realize I was controlling. And now I have different tools and now I can approach it differently. But it's this sort of patience and kindness around, um, right? That this, this different way, this compassion around things you discover. I hope that makes sense. So, and the biggest components of self-love, again, are self-knowledge and self-discovery. That's it. It's, it's again, this quest for physical, psychological, and spiritual growth. We love ourselves and we want to expand. And again, so during those different phases of growth, we will make what we consider mistakes. We'll be imperfect. We'll discover things we don't like, all those. And in these instances, you'd employ self-compassion to move through them and continue growing. Okay. So with self-compassion, you forgive yourself for making mistakes and, you know, you reframe them as learning opportunities or being human or any of that. All right. So different. Okay. So narcissism is different. Self-compassion is different and self-care. Self-care is often confused with self-love and self-care is certainly, I'm sorry, I gotta get my, my hair is like in my mouth. Self-care is, if you're watching me on YouTube, you're laughing right now. If you're not watching me on YouTube, I want you to. We are just about at 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. If everyone listening even just subscribed to my channel on YouTube, why wouldn't you want to, even if you don't go look? Uh, that would really help. Again, it's just the way that the algorithms love things and they boost things and it's fabulous. Um, it really helps us create more world peace, one relationship at a time. People get the good information. They get research-based stuff. Who doesn't want to help? You do, so help. Okay. Um, hey, hey. And if you are watching me there, give a little like, make a comment, say hi, tell me how much you love my shirt. I don't know. Something. Um, not something mean. Don't be mean. We don't need any haters on there. Okay. Because it's self-love. <laughs> Number three, how is it different from self-care? Self-care is certainly a component of self-love, right? It's a component of self-love, but it's more of the operation than the feeling. I, I'm hopefully going to make this really clear. So with self-care, you know, you might take, I don't know, nightly baths, you might get regular massages, manicures, or make sure you get enough sleep. And these can all be signs of self-love, but self-love itself goes deeper as again, you're in this process of self-knowledge and self-discovery. I'm not in a process of self-knowledge and self-discovery when I'm getting a manicure. That's that's not what's happening there. It's self-care, but it is not, and, and, it, and it can feel like self-love if I'm doing it, right? So, okay. 
So as you're in that process of self-love, you might recognize that you never take care of yourself, right? So I'm in this process of self-awareness and I realize and self-knowledge that, oh my gosh, I never take time out for myself. So then I might commit to self-care, like a weekly pedicure or something, right? So do you see how that, so they go together, they can go together. So now I'm doing this weekly pedicure, which is an expression of my self-love, but it's different. It's the self-care, okay? So I want you to think of self-love as a, a as a da- maybe a daily activity for self-care, like you would, you know, brush your teeth or keep yourself hydrated. Self-care is really something you do throughout the day by checking in with yourself, by, you know, paying attention to how you feel, having nurturing healthy habits to feel serene and at ease. And I really think, and self-love again is, you know, it's the big verb. It's the overarching piece. Okay. So why is self-love hard? Again, I spoke about this on the other episode, but I'm going to add some different ones here. So, you know, some overlap and some are different. It, it's hard for a lot of reasons. You know, the most obvious, it's it's what we're taught. It's what's modeled for us as kids. I talk a lot about, you know, what happened to you in your childhood and how that might have been modeled or talked about in your home. And again, likely in your home, if you were uh, doing something that was self-love, right, that was like something you needed, like you maybe you had a parent. Oh, I just had this the other day. Uh, um, one of my clients has a uh, two children and they went to someone's birthday party, uh, a, a family birthday party. And there was like Uncle Harry there and the kids were with my client's mother, their, the kid's grandmother. And the mother uh, said to the kids, you need to, oh, hug Uncle Harry, give him a big hug, right? And Uncle Harry, by the way, smokes like a chimney and doesn't smell good. And, you know, is kind of that typical crazy uncle, single bachelor, you know, whatever. And my client was watching and the kids like didn't want, they said, no, we don't want to. And they're like four or five. And the grandmother got really upset. Their grandmother got upset. My client's mother got upset and said, you need to hug him. And so they did. And then they kind of recoiled because he he stank. You know, they weren't used to cigarette smoke. <laughs> the Europeans listening are like, what are you talking about? But I'm just saying, you know. And uh, the, anyway, a whole fight ensued between my client and her mom and all that. And But that's a good example of you might have been taught as a kid that when you were told to do something, you just had to do it, whether you felt it was good for you or not. God forbid that leaked over into sexual abuse or trauma or something else, you know, someone fondling you or something weird happening, um, being put in an unsafe situation. But that, you know, when I grew up, it was the same way. Like you just did what the adults said. You didn't really, you couldn't question it. You couldn't sort of say what you might want. Um, and it's not that our parents are all cruel. They just, they think it's right. And this is what you're supposed to do. And you're just supposed to do it because other people's feelings, Uncle Harry's feelings are more important than some little kid's feelings. That's kind of the way it was. And this is the right thing to do. You greet them by hugging them, even though you've never met this man. <laughs> and you, you know, you do. there wasn't much um, thought about kids. Um, so <laughs> anyway, but do you see, so you could have been taught a lot of things as a kid and that was modeled for you. And so now self-love, you're like, what? I'm supposed to think of my own needs or what I need or what I want. It's supposed to be aligned with my inner self. Like, what are you talking about, Abby? Like, this is gibberish to me. And that can be why. 
Another reason it's hard is because of something I just said. We confuse it with narcissism and selfishness. We have these faulty beliefs, uh, again, often from childhood. So we think that self-love somehow means that we're being selfish, self-indulgent, narcissistic. And actually, my client that I just mentioned, her mother was saying to her, you're raising these selfish, entitled little children. It's, I'm embarrassed that these are my grandchildren. I mean, she went, there was a bad, it was a bad fight. It was a bad fight because that's how she, this mother saw it. This grandmother saw it. Uh, but you can imagine my client, you know, um, going through the years with that messaging over and over that anytime you think of yourself also, not even first, just also, it is seen as selfish or narcissistic or indulgent or any of those things. And that happens a lot. And that can be why self-love is so hard. And again, self-love is built on self-awareness. It's built on a, a realistic understanding of ourselves and narcissists aren't at all self-aware. Self-love, you know, again, it's it's not it's not feeling self-important. It's feeling as important as everyone else. Ooh, I said that well. Self-love isn't <laughs> say it again, isn't feeling self-important. It's feeling as important as everyone else. That's a good one. Come on. Put that on a bumper sticker, someone. Make some money. Send me some proceeds. Okay. Uh, the other reason it's hard, we think if we say, you know, something positive about ourselves, other people will think we're arrogant or self-absorbed. It's kind of related to that. I know uh, in my, I've shared this before, in my family growing up, you know, my um, my little, uh, you know, Eastern European parents, <laughs> the heritage was that you don't toot your own horn. And even if someone did compliment you, there was a lot of like, like you weren't supposed to um, shine because somebody might take you away. And in their histories, you know, the Cossacks came in and, and took you. Uh, so, you know, it's not like that wasn't founded on something real, but, it, you know, we're in America now that the Cossacks aren't marching. So, um, you know, it, it, it just gets lost. Like there's these ideas about... Um, that you should, oh, no, no, she didn't do that well, or it wasn't that special. It, things would be sort of downplayed. And so it's really hard to find your esteem, your valid inner validation. It's, it's hard to find those things in that kind of uh, environment where you're told to never even, uh, God forbid you mentioned it. God forbid you mentioned something that was good. Um, you were just seen, it was horrifying. So uh, yeah, there you go. Okay. And obviously it can be, self-love can be hard because of, again, a, a past history of trauma or abuse or neglect because you feel unlovable at some deep cellular level, right? And then I would say the last thing why it's hard for self-love is perfectionism. And again, I did an entire episode on perfectionism, you know, and actually what the differences are, there's different kinds of perfectionism. Uh, you should go back and listen to that. And perfectionism really gets in the way of self-love because if you're always trying to be perfect, which is unachievable, unachievable, it's unachievable, can't be perfect. There is no way to consistently be perfect. I don't even know what perfect is. 
but you can't do it every time. And so, you know, and of course, anytime you don't, you like beat the crap out of yourself. So self-love becomes really hard because the occasional times maybe you are perfect or what you deem as perfect are going to be washed away with and, and discounted and dismissed with all the majority of the times that you're not perfect because, again, it's an unattainable goal. So, uh, you know, self-love goes out the window. Okay. All right. So let's talk about tips. Um, and again, I had five. It's like the five ways to cultivate self-love was the other podcast, 136. Uh, 236, sorry, not 136, 236. And now I'm going to do these new five, five, five other tips because that's how much I love you. And again, you guys had a lot of questions, so I want to get really granular on what you can do. I think some of my other tips before were bigger, like, you know, you got to have good boundaries. Boundaries always are the answer to self everything, self-love, self-esteem, self-compassion. Have a, have a boundary. Again, my book's coming out soon. I'll help you with that. And I talk about boundaries in the other one, but you know, I, I mention it as something you need. I, I don't go nitty gritty. So the tools today, uh, a lot of them get very, actually few of them get very nitty gritty. Okay. So. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What are the tips? Here we go. And if you don't have a pen handy, again, go to the website later, go to the relationship tips and tools, and the a whole blog is there. And it's not a transcript. It is a blog. It's an actual written, like, well blog which means, and all the tips are there. You just copy and paste them somewhere. How do you like that? Okay. Because I love you. Who loves you? I do. So, and self-love, I want to remind you, is a skill. And like any other skill, it takes practice. It takes attention. It takes prioritization if you want to get good at it. So um, that, I think that's the most important takeaway. But okay. So here are, here are my five now, additional five. So really you'll have 10 if you go back and listen to the other five. Tip number one is to start a relationship with yourself. And I, I talked in the last episode about self-awareness, which I'm, I'm talking about here too, but I want you to think of it differently. I want you to think of starting a relationship with yourself, literally. And just like you would start a relationship with someone new that you just met, self-love really starts with getting to know yourself and thinking of it, again, in the same way you would think about if you were... Uh, meeting someone new for the first time at work or in a friendship basis or romantic, going on a date. Think of getting to know yourself now, like starting that a new relationship like that. Do your best to start with a clean slate. Have open curiosity, as I hope you do when you're meeting others for the first time. You know, you, all your judgments and stuff, you really, you know, you're trying not to have them all there. You're just meeting this person. You're just getting to know them. You're trying not to have a lot of, you know, preconceived notions. So, and there are many ways to get to know yourself better. So let's get nitty gritty. 
And I also have a previous episode on, I think it's the four ways to be more self-aware. Again, it'll be linked in the show notes or you can search by topic on my the website. But I'm going to, so I'm going to, you can get more there on being self-aware. There's a timeline exercise, there's all kinds of things, but I'm going to give you other things right now. And, but the biggie there is the simplest, most nitty gritty thing you can do is ask others you trust for honest feedback about your strengths and limitations. You can make up a little questionnaire and send it to people. I've done it with clients. I've made little questionnaires and I've picked like 10, 15 past clients and I've sent it to them. I do this probably every couple years. Um, I try to do it every year actually, but it's probably every couple years if I'm being honest. And I ask for honest feedback, like, hey, what was the best thing about working with me? What were challenges about working with me? You know, just to get some feedback about what that is, you know, what what was good and, and what could I maybe improve to be better in the future? So, and I real and you got to ask the questions because you're looking to further your understanding of yourself. You have to listen like you're wrong, like I always say. And you have to allow these ideas in with open curiosity. So sometimes people say things to me I don't like. I'm like, oh, you know, you know, I talked too fast or maybe I interrupted them or talked over them. Um, hard to believe, isn't it? Because I'm such a wallflower. Uh, but it happens. I try to be very, you know, I really do my work and I sit before every session and I set intention and I settle myself and I do just about a one minute kind of centering, quieting of myself to be aware not to over talk, you know, because if I'm talking, you're not in a session, right? Although I do do my sessions a little differently where there's more education than a typical therapist. But having said that, um, I have to hear that feedback when I haven't done it. And I have to listen without shame or judgment. I have to hear that and not beat up on myself after and not feel, because it's that shame that takes you out, right? Uh, oh God, it's so embarrassing. And they think this, and it's like, real like, and I'm telling you, my clients overwhelmingly sort of love the work we do together, and they make incredible progress. But here I am, forgetting that, and and they're telling me, like, some of them have said, I don't, everything's great, you know, no, you were the best, and I'm like, no, 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 there had to be something, you know, give me more, and they'll finally say something when I like pull, you know, pull the teeth. And they'll say something like that maybe. And I'm just devastated. I mean, I'm not with them, but I, I notice the devastation and I have to stop. It's like, no, this is really good information. I love this person for being honest with me. Now we have a real relationship that's deepening because of the level of trust we're creating here. And this is good. So, you know, if you can get there, you're you're in good, good stead. So get rid of the shame and judgment. And, and you can decide later if there's anything you want to change. Some people... Um, it's funny, you know, I get comments, of course, on my, on these videos, on these episodes, and I love it. You know, people say, you talk too much about whatever before you start really talking, diving into the topic. And I always respond like, oh, sounds like we're not a good fit. You should probably go somewhere else. I'm not changing that. Uh, some people, oh, you're rambling too much. I'm not changing that. This is how I do the podcast. And if you don't like it, don't listen. But I'm not, this is me doing it, giving you everything I can give you. And that's how it is. So I ask you to accept me like I'm accepting you. I'm not perfect. 
I'm not, there's impossible for the tens of thousands of people who are listening to the podcast for me, for every single one to think, oh my God, that was perfect for me. <laughs> that's, that's not possible. Uh, so it's okay. I can only be me. And it took a while of doing the podcast. I used to try to change what I was doing. I, I used, uh, in the beginning, everyone was saying you have to do more interviews. I was trying to, very early in the podcast, I have some interviews with people. I don't know. It's, it's not my it's not my jam. And it I have done some more recently like in the last year of the podcast. I do like probably one or two a year and I do enjoy them, but I really do very few. And because uh, I have a certain criteria of who needs to be on the podcast, I get asked all the time, trust me. I get five or six emails a week of people asking to be on the podcast, you know, to sell their tout their book or their whatever and you know, and I would certainly have a bigger social media following and all the things if I did that. I would. I would, you know, they've offered me money, they've offered me all kinds of things, but my relationship with you says that I I don't do that. We have an, a relationship based on integrity and love and I do not do things like that with you. If I think it is in your best interest, I have a person on. If I think this is something that I don't really know, like uh, the last person I interviewed was Tess um, Brigham about the quarter life crisis. That is not my specialty. And I could go look it up and I could do all the things, but here's this person I really know and trust. And she does happen to be a friend and a colleague, but I have had like Brian Tracy on, you know, he's very famous his tiny habits book. And, you know, I just things that I felt like I could never say this as well as them and so let me let me invite them on. But other than that, I, I don't. Um, and there you go. And I'm not saying that, you know, I don't know, that things might not change in the future, but I, I well, no, I can say that. It's not going to change in the future in that way. Um, but, the, but anyway, there it is. Sorry. That's it. Well, I'm not sorry. See, I just said, I'm me. Here you go. So <laughs> the other ways of really getting to know yourself and having this relationship with yourself, and I can't say this enough, is to meditate. You got to start meditating. I did a whole episode on it. I have a free meditation starter kit. I have a meditation album, learn to meditate in 15 minutes and 15 days that you can buy. It's like $11 and 11 cents because I think I'm cute. Uh, Please, it's very inexpensive and you can learn to meditate. Like all the apps... Calm, Headspace. I use Insight Timer a lot. They all have little learn to meditate programs. I mean, my gosh, people, there couldn't be more resources. And to talk about getting deep with yourself and learning to know yourself and being still with yourself, it goes a long way. The other thing I would really highly recommend is to start a journaling practice, but with this idea of starting a new relationship with yourself. So think about that. What are the questions you would ask someone else? Like, hey, you know, how was growing up for you? How was, tell me about your childhood. You know, you would actually use these questions in certain ways for yourself to get to know yourself and what you know, you think you know, but when you journal, it often goes a little deeper. So it's not just journaling like I had a good day and I don't know, you know, it's really journaling with a purpose of developing this relationship. So I'm going to have a list of journaling prompts that you can download from the from the website, from um, the show notes page or the blog post page. I'll have a list of journaling prompts for you that you can start with. There's a bunch of them. So you can start with those. But, you know, it's really things like um, the prompts mean that it, it it's something that gets you to start writing. And I did an entire episode on journaling, which you can also listen to and where you can also download those same prompts if you want. You can get them there or you can come on this one. 
um, you know, being in a romantic relationship means, and then just write for 10 minutes, see what happens, 15 minutes. You don't have to write for an hour. Um, I feel most secure when. Write about that. You'll get some major stuff if you write about that. I feel joy when. Um, I would tell my eight-year-old self, dot, dot, dot. Love means dot, dot, dot. Being in love means dot, 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 right? These are all things. And again, you can download the prompts. You can listen to those. You can go online and look for prompts. But again, I, I want you to use the prompts. I don't want you to just journal to, you know, my, my day was great. I went to work. I had a cup of coffee. You know, I don't, that's useless to me. But this is really getting to know yourself. I shouldn't say that's useless. If it's if it's useful for you, sorry. If it's useful for you, God bless you. Keep doing it. But for self-awareness, it's not going to get you where I want you to go. All right. Tip number two is to build self-care routines. I, I Again, I did a whole episode on self-care, what self-care really is and all that. But so you can go listen to that. But I think you can, um, I think that the thing you really want to do for self-care as far as I'm concerned is to have a morning routine at least five days per week. I don't care if it's an hour of power. I don't care if it's five or 10 minutes, but I want you to take that time before you check your phone, before you speak to other people to set your, to set your tone for the day, right? To set your tone for the day. I go deep. I have a step-by-step guide for starting your day right. Again, go listen. I, you know, 200 and whatever episodes in, I, I got a lot of good stuff out there. And if you're not listening to it, I'm directing you now. Like, so if this all sounds good, go go back and listen and make it your homework this week to wake up uh, 15 minutes earlier. And if you don't want to listen to the episode because you think it's too long, you can number one, listen on 1.5 speed, or again, you can go to the corresponding blog post and read it in 10 minutes, you know, instead of listening maybe for 45 minutes or an hour on the podcast, if that, if you want to do it like as homework and want to sort of get through it. So go get, again, I'll link to it, or you can search um, for my step-by-step guide to starting your day right, whatever is, but follow those guidelines if you're not sure where to start and start having a morning routine. And also think of other things you can build in, you know, again, consistent routines, a weekly yoga class, a once a month book club, locking yourself in your bedroom for uninterrupted time once a week, Uh, whatever works for you to support, again, your physical, psychological, and spiritual growth. I've shared before that when I get home from work, I go right into my bedroom and everyone knows not to follow me in there (laughs) and I close the door. And I change out of my, you know, I have pretty dressy work clothes and I don't want to cook dinner in them, you know? And so I change out of my work clothes and I wash all the makeup off my face uh, and I put on all my lotions and special things because I'm old and need all these things on my face to try to look half decent. You know, I, you know, I can't really do Botox. I, I, I've tried it a few times over the years, but the problem is I need to have full expression when I'm talking to clients. And, you know, I can't be on like talking like this because I can't, you know, really move my lips, which would be nice because I wouldn't have these cigarette lines all over my, my lips. But then, you know, you wouldn't get the full Abby thing, right? So 
I've had to wrestle with that. But anyway, so I have to do other things. So I do. You know, I have these little LED masks. I don't know if they're LED, but I have these little special face masks I put on for 10 minutes. You know, I do all this crap. And that is my little self-care routine. And it really helps me transition into home. It helps me. The whole thing takes like 20 minutes. It doesn't take that long. It really doesn't. Like 20 minutes if I do the mask thing, which is 10 minutes. How long does it take you to wash your face and put on your thing? It's not that long. Change my clothes. Uh, you know, put on a pair of jeans and a shirt I don't care about as much, you know, right? Get comfy. And then I go out and I see everybody and I just feel I've transitioned. That is really a great self-care routine. And that is self-love that I put myself first when I come home. I love all these people. I love, these are my favorite people in the world who are sitting in my house, right? (laughs) But I need to be for me too, so I can be fully for them. And that's how it works. Because if I wait till right before I go to bed to wash my face, if everything else is a priority before that, guess what's going to happen? Yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm too tired right before I go to bed. I don't want to wash my face. I don't want to put on all the special little solutions and lotions and whatever. And I will tell you, I've been doing this since the kids were really little. Even when I felt like I had no time, I, I, I've been doing it. And sometimes the kids were in the room with me when they were really, when they were babies, right? I got older kids now, but... Um, I just, I made it, I saw that it worked and I made it a priority. That's self-love. Okay. Tip number three, and I've talked about this on other podcasts, but you got to accept compliments. This is a great way to build self-love. Don't dismiss compliments or positive feedback. Instead, I and here's what I want you to do. This is real. It's this from the research. It's from everything. This is what works. You put one hand over your heart. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see me do it. You put one hand over your heart. When someone gives you a compliment, you make direct eye contact. Don't look down. Direct eye contact. You take just take that breath and say thank you. It is a game changer. Thank you. Just it and there's something with putting the hand over your heart like that that like brings it in. I and you know, you know I'm not a woo girl, and yet it friggin' works and it's amazing. And that's all I can say. That's all I can say. It really works. It really makes a difference. And just start doing that this week. Start allowing in. It's such a good thing. Tip number four, note what you put in your body and mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm coming for you. Yeah. Self-love, you have to pay attention to what you put into your body and into your mind. So obviously, this includes drugs and alcohol and food, but it also includes people. People. That could be having sex with someone that's literally coming, you know, being put into you uh, if you're female or if you're male. Hey, everyone can do it. Uh, It it is literally um, bringing people into your space like that. But it's also just, you know, physically being in the space with people who bring you down. Uh, Think about, again, what you consume, TV, news, uh, the shows you're watching, Think about social media. You know, research has shown over and over that we make way too many comparisons when we're on social media, and that results in lower self-esteem and obviously self-love. So limiting time on social media media is shown to lessen feelings of depression, anxiety, uh, loneliness. So at the very least, the research shows that you should limit social media to less than 30 minutes per day. So again, really be aware. And I'll, I'll, as always, you know, I linked all the research on the, in the relationship tips and tools on the blog. So if you don't believe me, you can go look it up yourself, but I'm telling you, there's a ton of it. 
um, about this. So, you know, really think about what you're bringing in that don't judge it. Don't get crazy with yourself. Don't overly focus on food. If you're overweight, you know, get, give yourself a little break, maybe try other things that are easier for you to think about first, um, build up your confidence a little bit with other things, but, um, really think about it. I stopped reading. I used to love horror books when I was younger, loved them. Anything, Stephen King, everybody like, I love these books. It's all I read. It's all I consumed. It's the only kind of movies I watched. And I really, you know, had a um, come to Jesus about that. Well, it wasn't Jesus. It was um, Guru Mai from the City Yoga tradition. <laughs> so, but uh, she's a leader in the City Yoga um, religion. But um, she has a book, had a book called yoga, the yoga of discipline. Anyway, she talked about just sort of the, you know, being disciplined about what you bring in. And I stopped doing that. I stopped having horror all the time, you know, just that was all I was consuming that way. And it really did change how I felt day to day. And so think about that. All right. And my final tip, and this is a good, <laughs> you're going to not like this one. I'm just telling you right now, because whenever I give it to my clients, they're like, oh, I hate this. I hated it too when it was first given to me. And you're like, why are you telling us, Abby? Because it's very effective. It's very effective, this tip. So, and it's called the mirror exercise. And I'd like you to at least try it. So it's based on the work of Louise Hay. And she is one of the original founders of the self-help movement. If you don't know about Hay House and probably every self-help book you've ever read was published at the Hay House. Um, not mine, but many others. She's, you know, she was, she's, uh, she died recently, actually a few years ago. Um, amazing, incredible, phenomenal woman. And she has multiple books and workbooks on this subject of self-love. So if you'd like to delve deeper, you could, she has a, it's like a New York times number one bestseller called you can heal your life. Go read that as a starter. I would say that's your Louise Hay starter kit, but she, this mirror exercise, I originally, I think it's a therapist who gave it to me that she originally got from Louise. Okay. So, uh, cause I don't think I would have done this voluntarily. I'm, I'm going to admit it. There you go. See, we're, we're having a real relationship here. I'm admitting I would not have tried this on my own without a therapist going, did you do it? Did you do it? So, Mirror work is all about really learning self-love. It's about seeing yourself as worthy of love so you can, again, like raise your self-esteem, raise your self-confidence, strengthen your relationships, the one with yourself, the one with others, all of it. And the core of it is basically saying positive affirmations to yourself out loud while you're looking in a mirror. And I know some of you right now, you're throwing up in your mouths. I know. I see you. I see you. I was too. But I've got to tell you, it really works. It's not as ridiculous as you think. So let me really explain it. The, the, it's the repetitive nature of these. You can think of it as a mantra, an affirmation. It really trains your mind. So in, you know that harsh inner critic you have, instead of that, there's compassion and there's kindness. So you know basically, you're facing your you know, your demons of self-criticism with love and gentleness. So it is a powerful exercise and makes most people, again, very uncomfortable initially. I will tell you, if you have been diagnosed with body dysmorphic disorder, 
I would not do this without first talk, speaking to your um, specialist about it, someone who specializes in body dysmorphic disorder. And if you have it and you're not seeing someone who specializes, hello, um, I'd like you to. Uh, and so um, I will say that, okay? But people who suffer from that are very, very few and far between. So the major, vast, I know you're thinking, oh, that's me. I get out. No, no. The vast majority of you should be doing this. So- and think about it, right? The fact that it makes you uncomfortable should tell you something about why it's so good, why it's so effective. <laughs> Otherwise, it shouldn't be hard. So over time, it does become easier. I will tell you that. And even a little like joyful. I don't, I've had clients tell me that. I don't know that I find it ever joyful. I'm going to, I'm just being brutal. You know, just, I hate brutal. I hate saying that. Never mind. I'm being very honest right now. But, Anyway, so I suggest doing the mirror exercise in the morning and maybe again sometime in the evening for at least a week. Okay, optimal would be 30 days. If you can give me 30 days, God bless you. You're amazing. You're a warrior. You're incredible. You are changing your life. But if you can do a week, that would be incredible. And if you're going to only do a week, do twice a day. Okay, so again, you you know, when you come, and it is when I do it, by the way, uh, when I'm doing it, and I do it periodically now, um, I will do it during that evening uh, taking off my makeup time, I, I'll do it then. So, uh, but otherwise I do it right after I brush my teeth in the morning or at, even as I'm brushing my teeth, I'm standing there staring at myself anyway, might as well, right? So here's how you do it. I'm going to be very granular. You know, I like to be very specific. So you find a private place where you'll have three to five minutes of uninterrupted time. That's all it takes. It's like three to five minutes. Okay. Even three minutes really probably in the beginning. And you want to stand or sit in front of the mirror, but you want to be pretty close. I would say two to three feet. So don't stand way back. You have to really be able to see yourself. You're going to take a deep breath, you know, into your nose, very, very slow exhale out your mouth as slow as you can in through the nose, nice and deep as you can, slow exhale out of the, out of your mouth as slow as you can. And then you're, you know, just roll your shoulders, just sort of tuck your chins, try to be, you're just trying to be in straight alignment and you're trying to just relax yourself. Okay. And now you're going to look directly into your eyes. So you're looking in the mirror, you're looking directly in your eyes. And now you want to say, I love you. I, I really, really love you three times slowly. Okay. Adding your name is the best. I love you, Abby. Jack, I love you right? Is really the best. And you want to say that three times and just give yourself a minute just to keep staring. I set the alarm when I, I set the, sorry, the timer on my phone when I do this. I just set a timer for three minutes or five minutes, depending on how long I think I can last. And uh, I just do it for that period of time. I say it a few times. I give myself a little rest. I come back. I say it again. I try to say it differently every time if I can. Um, And I will tell you this, if starting with I love you is just too much, you know, try something else, uh, anything else. Um, you know, I could look in the mirror and say, Abby, I'm willing to learn to like you. I'm willing to learn to find self-love. I'm willing to, um, create a safe space for us, for you and me, you know, for you and me, like we're together. Right. Um, you know, if Jack is doing it, I made up Jack before. Jack might say, Jack, you're worthy of being loved for who you are. Um, Jack, you're not perfect, but you deserve, uh, but you're mine. 
and you deserve to have great love. Abby, I forgive you, right? You might start with other things. Use your own words. You know, find something you can say without flinching. I should say without flinching too much probably, right? And you want to repeat the mantras in threes over and over with little breaks in between, again, for at least three minutes. And I'm telling you, it's great stuff. But by, by, when you're doing mirror work, you're developing a whole relationship with yourself. The more you do, the better. If you're up for it, check in with yourself in the mirror, you know, throughout the day. It can be, uh, I, I do it in a very light and joyful way. You know, like if I'm washing my hands after I pee, you know, I go to the bathroom, I'll often try to look in the mirror and go, looking good, looking good, girl. Holding it up for the old folks. All right. You know, like I'll just, way to go with, you know, finishing the podcast today. Way, way to go with closing that big deal, right? Uh, any, you know, anything. How, how are you? Uh, or, you know, you can just do a simple, I'm here for you. Abby, I'm here for you. I am here for you, right? Any of those will get the job done. Okay. I do have a bunch of other little bullet points on other ways to show self-love. I'm not going to read them all. You can go again to the website, to the relationship tips and tools. They'll all be there at the very end uh, here. And you can see other things if you're not sure, you know, but again, if you listen to the other episode in this episode, you're going to have a ton of tips. You're going to have a ton of ways to do it, a ton of ways to talk to yourself about why it's so important. And, uh, you know, start having some self-love and not just focusing on the self-compassion, really focusing on the self-love first, which will help you be more compassionate down the road and really help you build all of that. Okay. Woo. That is it for this week. Mm. As always, love, love being here with you. So appreciate our time together. So appreciate all oh, the comments that you leave on, you know, um, the, the positive comments on the videos and the emails that I get from you saying what's helping. Um, oh, just it really makes this relationship always feel like it's growing and feel so, so important to me. When I took that month off, I really, I missed you. I really missed you. I'm not going to cry today. I'm getting close, but I'm not going to cry today. Um, I just, I did. I really missed being connected um, in this way. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being part of uh, my life and um, encouraging this relationship and being part of it. I, I just, yeah, I'm deeply, deeply appreciative. All right. I love you so much. If no one else tells you, have an amazing week and focus on some self-love. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick... Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.